sitting here with Associate Dean Janice Cosgrove Dunn, who holds the portfolio on graduate student mental health and wellness at the Faculty of Graduate Studies and Research. Hi, Janice. Hi, Naomi. <laughs> I want to ask you, how do you see supervisors' communication with their graduate students tied to mental health? That's a really interesting question to think about, Naomi. I think one of the keys here is the power dynamic that's built into the student-supervisor relationship, where students may be afraid to be open about certain things with their supervisors, such as when they're struggling or they're feeling overwhelmed. They may be afraid to tell this to their supervisor. They may be afraid to disagree, to challenge their supervisor, to say no, to ask for help. And this is because they're afraid that there may be repercussions down the road if they show weakness or show that they're struggling in some way with their academic program. They may be afraid that their supervisor will drop them because mm -hmm. their supervisor won't think they're good enough. Mm -hmm. That they'll lose funding or that they'll lose opportunities in the future because their supervisor will give that to another student. These are some of the things mm -hmm. that students are afraid of. As well, there might be a cultural piece to this relationship where it is very difficult for a student to feel that they can be open and show vulnerabilities with no consequences. Overall, because of this power dynamic and the student's reluctance or fear of communicating freely with their supervisor, this can lead to the student experiencing chronic stress, feeling overwhelmed, and experiencing anxiety and depression. Given the importance of communication patterns that you're talking about, um, what are the ones you think that are the most difficult for graduate students? Maybe even creating what we might think of as an unsafe psychological environment. Well, I would say based on um, students that I've spoken to who are experiencing difficulties with their supervisors regarding communication, um, patterns that involve being overly critical and especially when that criticism is very personalized to the individual rather than to their behavior. Uh, communication that's vague or ambiguous or unclear so that the student doesn't know where they stand, doesn't know what they've done wrong or doesn't know what they need to do to improve whatever it is that the, that the supervisor um, doesn't feel is is reaching the bar. Supervisors who are overly sarcastic, who are overly threatening in terms of threatening to remove funding or remove opportunities if the student doesn't work harder or improve their work. As well as, you know, the obvious communication patterns such as, you know, reactions that are angry or exasperated or frustrated that are focused on the student rather than on their behavior. And when you say behavior, do you also mean the product of their behavior, such as a paper yeah. or a presentation? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, for example, the difference between saying you're a terrible writer mm -hmm. versus this chapter that you've written does not meet expectations and you're going to need to work harder on it and then giving specific reasons why mm -hmm. it's falling short and mm -hmm. what needs to be done to bring it up 
to the level that's expected. As well, this one's a little bit tricky. Supervisors who engage in social comparison, where they're comparing students to other mm -hmm. current or past students. The reason I say it's tricky is because in some cases this can be good. So a supervisor can reassure a student by telling them that they're not the only one who's experienced this lack of motivation after their candidacy exam, for example, and that it's common to go through a, a period where you're, you know, you've had all that adrenaline and you've worked so hard, you've passed, and now you don't have the energy. Mm -hmm. Or telling students that it's common when you first get into graduate school after the first couple of months where you're around uh, other students in the lab and in classes who are really bright and have maybe had different experiences coming into the program, that it's, it's very common to feel like you're not as good as them. You know, and not to worry that everyone is feeling that way. You're not the only one. So those types of comparisons can be very helpful for students. But comparisons where the student is being compared negatively in a situation where it's the supervisor is, is engendering um, competition among the students, that is not, that is not a helpful communication pattern at all. And how do professors do that sort of breeding competition? What are some things you've seen? Well, where, you know, maybe there are a number of students working in the lab on a project or similar projects or different pieces of a project and the supervisor um, publicly or privately, though it is even worse when it's public, will criticize one student, you know, you're not working hard enough, you should be working as hard as mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. colleague or you know your writing is nowhere near as good as your colleague. Given all this Janice, what do you think are some communication practices that really can improve a student's sense of support and direction? I think that if supervisors strive to be very open and honest and direct when they're conveying their expectations and delivering feedback to students. And at the same time, whether the feedback is positive or ne negative, conveying it in a way that shows that they care about the individual and that they are very specific so that they give the student information on what to change or what to do differently or mm -hmm. what to keep doing if the, if the information or feedback is positive. If supervisors when they are delivering criticism if they focus on you know the behavior of the product not on the person as we talked about earlier because the university is a and an graduate school in particular we are encouraged to debate and criticize ideas if supervisors talk to their graduate students about that and let them know that it, if their ideas are criticized it doesn't mean that they are necessarily poor ideas or that the that they are stupid for saying them but that you know this this is how you improve your ideas how you improve your communication of your ideas and it's expected and then you know of course they can model that behavior themselves so how do you think supervisors can become more aware of their own communication patterns to improve them with those whom they supervise well i think if Instructors make a, a conscious effort to be very reflective about their communications with their graduate students. So, for example, after a meeting, if the supervisor 
takes a moment and thinks about, you know, how clear the communication was, how clearly their their message was received by the student based on what they have read in the student, in their reactions, and in their their responses, and how receptive or ready the student was to to hear that information. And if, if the instructor ha or the supervisor has any concerns about either whether the information was received well or received clearly or received well, that they should follow up with the student fairly quickly mm -hmm. and, and make sure that they're on the same page, make sure that the student is comfortable and is confident in themselves in terms of addressing what was said. Also, I think it would be a good idea if on occasion, supervisors were to directly ask students whether they feel supported and whether there's anything else that they feel they need in order to progress in their program and feel confident in, in how they are progressing. What are some of the communication practices that you think really improve a graduate student's sense of support and direction? I think if uh, supervisors are open and honest and direct, when they're speaking with students and conveying their expectations and feedback, whether it's positive or negative, and if they're specific in delivering that positive or negative feedback and show that they care while they're delivering it. Also, if they, again, focus on the behaviors or the product rather than on the person. So when delivering criticism, don't personalize it. As well, if they encourage students to share their difficulties with their supervisors by showing empathy and interest in the student's overall well-being. Mm -hmm. How does a professor show that interest in their overall well-being? What kinds of things would they be talking to them about? Asking the student, are they enjoying their program? How's it going? How are their courses? Are they enjoying Edmonton? Talking to them about their career aspirations, talking to them about important aspects of the student's life that go beyond their thesis or the coursework or what they're doing in the lab for the, the supervisor. So showing an interest in the student's whole self. Thank you, Janice, for your suggestions. These will help improve communication between graduate students and supervisors. For more useful advice from Lynn Kirkland, communications consultant and instructor at the University of Alberta, please tune in to the next podcast in the series, A Healthy Psychological Environment for Supervisors and Their Graduate Students.